Welcome to Chai Time with Moms, guys. Hi, Parisa. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited about your guest. Yes, we've got uh, one of my lovely friends, Sabina, who is a counselor, and uh, she's a lovely lady, which I've known for a couple of years now, and she's really good. I have to say, she's very helpful. She's what she's talking about, and um, very reliable, I would say. So, without further ado, let's uh, try calling her in. Then I think it'll match really well with our mental health month, isn't it, Prisa? Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Just to let our listeners know as well, Asmira will be coming in and out because she's got kids that are sick. So just bear with us with Asmira because you know family comes first. So if she's not in this uh, podcast for today, we'll have her on for the next podcast. Hello. Hi, Sabina. Hi, Sarah. Sabina, this oh, is my other good hi, friend. Hi, Sabina. Marisa. Really nice to meet you virtually. I've heard such wonderful things, and I'm really excited to have you on today on our podcast. <laughs> Lovely. It's a pleasure to be here. Right, Sabina. So let's just get into it. Basically, uh, as you know, I was telling you, we're doing a whole mental health month thing for uh, you yep. know for this month, and um, we've got quite a number of guests that we have lined up, and we're so happy to have you with us today. So, without further ado, would you like to just introduce yourself, and let's just get on with the podcast. Absolutely. So I'm Sabina Begum Hussein. I'm a, a counsellor and psychotherapist based in London in the United Kingdom. I know some of you ladies are also in America, so it's good to clarify where I am. I'm in London, yeah. so famous yeah. And so I'm a counsellor and I work with children, young people, i.e. teenagers, as well as adults. So essentially right. anyone over the age of four. And I'm very cool. So, um, how did you get into this? What what made you want to become a counselor? Okay, so just a bit of a background. I was I'm actually a former primary school teacher. I did that for ten years. Okay. When I finished my degree, my undergraduate degree is in psychology, but teaching is something that I always wanted to do. So when I finished my degree, I actually went into teaching. I did a postgraduate in teaching, and that's okay. what I did for ten years. And I loved working with children. Then my children came along. I've got two boys. At that point, I took a bit of a career break and. As a mum, I didn't want to, I naively thought being a stay-at-home mum would mean I would be bored. So I decided to do a counselling course on the side just to keep my brain busy. Of course, yeah. Without realising actually motherhood is the biggest, is the hardest yeah. job of all. So, so I did that just on the side, it's just because it was something that I was always interested in. And during this pandemic and the lockdown, with, with everything that's gone on, and I'm sure everyone's aware, in terms of mental health and well-being, Lots of people have really suffered, including people who'd previously never had any mental health difficulties. And working during that period as a school counsellor based in a primary school, it made me realise actually there's a really great need for counsellors, particularly those from Asian communities, those from Muslim communities, those from ethnic minority backgrounds, because we're underrepresented. Yeah. Okay, right. And actually there's a real need for the community to have a counsellor who is from their background who's going to understand their specific issues and any taboos that come with it. So in the middle of lockdown, when I qualified, I set up in private practice, which I've been doing for almost a year now. Nice. Right, yeah. And well, uh, let me ask you this question. You know how you say it's like a taboo subject. Why do you think it is like that in the Asian community? Why is it that, you know, they're like, oh, don't talk about it. Oh, no, it's not anxiety. You're just having nothing, you know. They don't think much of it. Why do you think that the Asian community, I mean, from what you've understood, why do they have that thinking that, you know, yeah, why do they have that? 
It's quite a complex issue in that physical illness is acceptable. It's accepted, yeah. but it's something that we can see. Diabetes, right. heart conditions, all of those issues are very easy for us to understand because it's been within our community for a long time. Right, yeah. Mental health issues, when you look at a person, you can't really see that that's what they may be suffering from or that's the condition they have. That also plays into the narrative that it doesn't exist, it's made up, it's all in your head, it's not real. It's a Western issue, it doesn't happen to our community. If we pretend it doesn't happen, it means it doesn't exist. However, mental health issues do very much exist because it's a human problem. Similar to we get physically unwell, there may be points in our life where emotionally and mentally struggling. No, I do. I I agree with that. Brisa, do you agree with that? Well, where are you? Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I wanted to know, Sabina, how do you think we can normalize this, you know, going to a counselor, seeking help? And what do you think some of the red flags are if we see someone around us struggling with this, that we should be supportive and even suggest that, you know, you need to see a counselor? I think firstly, it's acknowledging that actually it is a real issue. When you're emotionally affected, when you're mentally affected, it's not, oh, you'll be fine in a couple of days. Oh, oh, just just go and have a bit of exercise. Normalizing is actually being able to talk about it. And it starts very young with our children. So when they are struggling, acknowledge the feelings that they're having. It's not all about, we've just spoken about how, you know, one of the presenters is away because her children are sick. So we're quite happy to accept when it's a physical sickness and we all understand it but if we were to say actually I can't present today my child is suffering from anxiety and I need to support them that then becomes oh I'm not really sure I understand that so right. there are there are lots of issues around that and it's not it's not just an issue within the Asian community the South Asian community it, it, it's a worldwide issue and I, I know how America views it and how we are in the UK is very different the UK we still have issues around where mental health is still a taboo whereas in America if you were to seek therapy it's not seen in the same light you know it's quite often for people to see the GP and a therapist and you're not perceived as someone who's really mentally unwell you're just looking after your mental health but I I find that really I mean sorry to cut you but I just find that really weird that UK because UK and US are like developed countries you know it's not like they're third world countries so if America can accept it why can't UK accept it yeah that's a really really good question and there's been so many issues in terms of acceptance acceptance is the key and one one of the issues is acceptance within the Asian the Muslim community or any ethnic minority community and that's why a counsellor like my Self is actually quite niche and it might sound really strange but even w- within London I'm one of very few counsellors who come from my background right okay mm. even so in what, the states right now sadly not all insurances health insurances cover mental health services and therapy which is also they're trying to work towards it to kind of add that in the insurances but sadly across the board not all insurances even to this day covers mental health services and therapy and that's that's really tricky and as you can see america is slightly more evolved yeah. in terms of therapy but yet you still got that struggle to put that onto your insurance yeah so that that is when i say mental health is still a bit of a taboo yeah yeah and you had mentioned anxiety sabina and i was just curious to know what is anxiety how is that different than sadness or anger if you could just kind of explain it to our listeners overall you know how would you describe what is anxiety 
So anxiety, it can vary from people to people, from child to adult. The anxiety would be a sense of excessive worrying and not quite knowing why you're worrying and a sense of feeling nervous, a sense of feeling like something bad's gone, something awful's going to happen, but you don't know why or who's going to cause it. And it's a feeling that you carry with you and you're on edge. Sorry, but I was just going to say, isn't that like in the, a Desi community kind of thing anyways? Like women are always overthinking things? Yes. <laughs> Right? Um, there's overthinking and then there's anxiety. Anxiety is a feeling that can actually, when you're feeling it emotionally, it can manifest itself and become physical. So okay. When, okay. when you're at the height of your anxiety and you're feeling anxious, it can strike out of the blue as a panic attack, as an anxiety attack where you actually physically feel sick. Yeah. Clients who've had an anxiety attack, and it's something I've never experienced before, as in an anxiety attack, but the way they've described it is that one minute they're fine and suddenly it's a rush of almost where they feel physically sick like they're gonna vomit or they're gonna pass out Wow! so that anxiety is so powerful and although it's a mental and emotional feeling it becomes physical that's how strong that emotion is wow okay now I also had another question I know I don't I haven't dealt with anxiety myself but I'm just curious to know around us there could be people that could be suffering from it so how can one know if somebody that's a good question yeah a yeah. friend is dealing with anxiety especially when I haven't dealt with it you know primarily yeah. so how can I know that somebody around me has anxiety so I can you know help them or support them yeah the difficulty around something like that would be anxiety is invisible yeah. it's not like a, a physical condition that you can see anxiety is, is an emotion that you feel um, for, for parents who have children who are anxious you can tell when your child is anxious oh yeah definitely yeah. So, so yeah. there are some clues that you can see because you know your child well yeah. but if you're talking about seeing somebody on the street and identifying they're anxious that you're not going to be able to tell because it's a physiological emotion that is happening for that person and unless you know them well you won't know whether that reaction is uncharacteristic so you'd have to know the person pretty well right as parents okay. we get to know our children really well we know when they're happy when they're feeling confident when they're feeling healthy when they're unwell and when they're feeling anxious that's something as parents we are attuned to and we pick up we might not necessarily know that it's called anxiety but we can tell there's feelings of um, nervousness right they've got a worry tummy some children may describe it as i've got worry in my tummy i feel a bit sick i don't know what's going on because for them it might be a very new sensation so when you ask how do i help someone who might have anxiety you might not necessarily know and a lot of people that have anxiety are very good at masking it because there is a taboo around mental health yeah Yeah. particularly for adults to come out and say actually i suffer from anxiety i'm an anxious person you can't look at an adult and know that person's anxious because they might be hiding it yeah oh wow Sabina you've given such really great points yeah like, no, that, that's stuff really to think good. about I've never thought about it like that you know just to, true. and you I know. feel like as parents or as adults it's almost like we have to kind of keep ourselves together you know because yeah. like we can't we can't lose it in front of the kids you know we, can't, we have to be like we have to be normal and it's like it's, it's almost like we don't want our kids to see that hold on mom or dad are not okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, especially and, during this COVID situation we've gone through yeah you know schools are different there's testing there's 
this the whole scare this era is i'm sure that a lot of people and kids that you know are being affected due to this do you see that a lot in your profession sabina because of how is covid affected adults and kids yeah so in my professional in my profession working with other colleagues i worked in a school as a counselor over the last few years before I set up in private practice and we saw anxiety going through the roof in the height of the pandemic as soon as it started oh wow and and that was one of the things that we saw and now 18 months on we can really see the effect of the lockdown and the pandemic and the effect that it's had on young people particularly teenagers wow so the mm. highest group that we've noticed that has been affected are actually yeah. teenagers wow It probably doesn't help that because they they're already cha- going through changes anyways like their hormones yeah. you know puberty and everything I yeah. mean that has a whole you know bunch of different reactions there yeah. so that you yeah. add anxiety to it it's almost like you're adding fuel you know more fuel to the fire really isn't it yeah and that's that's a really valid point because with teenagers what's happening is as we all know biologically the body is changing it's developing yeah. they're yeah. moving from childhood to become you know adults in, course, in, the, yeah. in the biological sense they're trying to make sense of what's happening within their body one minute they were a child suddenly things are changing yeah. on top of that neurologically as well teenagers go through a second stage of pruning mm-hmm. the first stage of pruning happens when they're toddlers and as parents we're very attuned to our, our toddlers developing yeah. we know that the early years of a child is very important we nurture them we teach them we do everything we can play group all of those things we do and then we and then we think our job is done once they've started school however what a lot of people don't realize is that teenagers also go through a second stage of pruning where their brain and the body is also evolving it's not just the body and when you throw the pandemic into the mix of when the brain is already changing right and they're met with a lockdown where there's social isolation there's exam pressure they've got five lessons online on zoom with with no break in between of course the, yeah. the brain cannot cope that then fuels as you said the fire that's true can i ask you a question how did you cope with all this you know despite you being a counselor and like it's almost like you've had to be in control yeah but how did you cope with covid how did you know having your boys at home as well and everything did you did you ever if you don't mind me asking did you ever feel anxious or anything like that so it, it's come in stages the first lockdown that occurred worked out nice for my family in the sense that it was the very first time lockdown had occurred the yeah. world had slowed we were all at home so we had time together right. and then we kind of realize okay this isn't really a paid vacation this is going to go on for a while of course yeah. and, yeah. The, and yeah. then the, the, suddenly the reality of lockdown dawned on us and then things things got tricky with the children yeah. missing friends and family missing school friends so we were quite desperate to get back to normality for this covid situation to go away so right. that was the yeah. first phase of it and yeah. during that period there wasn't really any anxiety within my family okay then, then the children went back school in September and then we had another lockdown Christmas time there was a lot of cases but we actually got COVID last Christmas so oh, we wow. were unwell for a long period and I had long COVID where my symptoms at the time were very mild but they continued for a long period afterwards mm. so the recovery process was very different for everybody in my house and I think that period where I had long COVID was quite challenging for me where physically I wasn't feeling 100 then and we right. were in the middle of the second lockdown with uh 
the workload had increased. I, as a counsellor, I was working with a lot more people with the difficulties and the difficulties uh, was high level, high level need. Okay. So that was a very challenging time for myself and all my fellow colleagues. We, we were all struggling to keep all of our clients going as well as ourselves. Right. So the thing that supported me as a counsellor was all counsellors have supervisors. We have what's called supervision. So every now and again, we meet with our supervisor who we get to offload on. So if we've got particularly challenging clients in terms of the issues that they're having that we may be struggling with, that is our space to go and speak with a, a supervisor who is much more qualified and much more experienced than us. And even a supervisor would have a supervisor. So we have that outlet and that part and parcel of being a counsellor and a psychotherapist. So that's it's quite it, helpful to have yeah. support, isn't it? I mean, that's amazing. I didn't. I never knew that, right? I mean, I think yeah. that's amazing to have support there for yourselves. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and in the field that we work in with mental health and well-being, we're going to be impacted. Of course, yeah. And that is the reason why we have supervision in place to make sure that the work that we're doing it is ethical and we're working with our clients. If we can't take care of our, our, our own mental health and well-being, then it's going to be really difficult to support of our course. clients. Yeah. So that, that's one Definitely. side of it. The other side of it is for any counsellor or psychotherapist to, to qualify as a counsellor at the beginning stages, we also have to have our own personal therapy. That's part of the training that we do. Okay. We have to enter into our own personal therapy and deal with some things that we may have not dealt with previously. And the premise behind that is you can't help a client if you haven't dealt with your own issues. Because what we're ultimately doing in therapy is helping those clients deal with those very difficult emotions. Yeah. So with, it, with this, this period of working with clients, if I were to ever get triggered by something a client might be saying that happened to them, that resonates with me on a personal level, beyond me being a counsellor, then I yeah. would go back to my therapist and have a session and, and, and just let her know that this is what's happening for me. And, and that's where I would express myself. So it's also about me recognizing, okay, that's that's really triggered me. I need wow. to now go to my therapy, even if it's a one-off, because my therapist yeah. will me and I can just go in ad hoc if I'm needed and explain to her why I'm feeling triggered and, and she would guide me through the same as I would my client. And then once I mean, that's dealt with, then I'm ready yeah. to come back and work with, with my clients again. That is really good. Very I mean, nice. honestly, I think that's amazing. I mean, I would like to know, actually, in America, Parisa, if you know a therapist or any of our listeners are a therapist, I would really want to know, do you guys have that much support in America, actually? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating question. And sadly for me, I don't have any friends who are in the field <laughs> or know someone, but I think it's a great question. I'm yeah. We got to find out. Yeah. Because I think I think we've always said like even children, we always say, you know, they're resilient, they're resilient and everything. But we have to understand they're still children and they have been affected by COVID, even though they're like, oh, yeah, we're at home we're doing, you know, work on teams and stuff like that. But I think they have been affected just as adults. And here I was thinking, you know, a therapist has all their stuff together. You know, they don't have anything going on. And but actually therapists are human as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I don't think, you know how they say in the airplanes, you need to put, you know, the safety jacket mask on. Yes. Mask yeah. Yeah. You can help the person sitting next to you. So I think your experiences, you know, kind of reaffirm that you need to take care of your own mental health and overall first before you can help your clients. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's 100% true. 
That's amazing. It's actually, honestly, speaking to you has been so eye-opening because I mean, you've told us so much, and I'm just like, I think the best I think we can say from chai time with mom, we can be like, if you need help, just get help and stop thinking what other people think about it because it's you who needs to get the help. It's not them, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 The way you've got to look at it is, if you had a physical illness, something was growing on your skin, yeah, if you had lumps and bumps, you would take yourself off to the GP. Of course. At some yeah. point, as yeah. mum, we we prioritise the children, the partners, everybody else. But we we're, we're aware that yeah, that needs to be looked at. So yeah. eventually, you'd get yourself down to the GP. And we also need to get into the practice of if we're not feeling mentally healthy. We need to get some advice. We need to seek seek some help. It doesn't mean yeah. you're weak. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It means in, you need to look after yourself. That's what that means. And where you said earlier, you know, we're we're being brave. We're putting on this face for our children. Yeah, our children know we're human. Yeah. yeah, and our children know that what's happened in terms of COVID is not normal. The whole world has been through it. Yeah. And yeah. if anybody walks away and says they haven't been affected well that that's impossible really isn't it 18 yeah. months into lockdown it's going to have an impact whether it impacts your mental health well-being financially relationship whatever it is it's going to have an impact and this yeah. is something that the whole world community has been affected by wow yeah. Yeah. i feel like i can just say wow at the end of this Prisa. what I do you know. think <laughs> yeah definitely yeah well I have to say thank you very much for Sabina for giving her time up to coming on to our chai time with mums on our podcast and um, okay. I'm uh, really you know I'm really happy Prisa got to you know meet you yes. virtually I guess <laughs> right yeah, I, and honestly Sabina I have so many questions I think we'll have to have you back on you know for a part two because I think I can go on and on there's yeah. so many questions that I have but it will take a lot of your time and I know it's really late in London so yeah. we definitely thank you so much for your time and we definitely we need to have you back on that would be my pleasure and mental health is an important topic it's an important topic it really is yeah and yeah. impact everybody it's true it's true well thank you so much sabina and good night in london i guess <laughs> right yeah, and thank you so much for taking the time out and i hope both your lovely ladies have a good night in london yes we shall <laughs> but it's been a real pleasure talking to you both i hope you have a wonderful evening too Hi Chai Time listeners, I hope you enjoyed our special episode with our special guest who joins especially from London about mental health and anxiety. I hope you got some great insights and some tips that can help you or another loved one. If you have any questions, any comments, we would love to hear from you. So please do share your feedback, comments and like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you. Bye.